We're live here, Mike Keen. Hey, hey. In the studio here at Laying It On Thick, as always, joined by Dan Smurz. Hello. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. I'm back home in Door County, and uh, yeah, I'm just having a great summer, having a great time being back home. I, I got to play this uh, little open mic that's hosted by this one dude at Husby's. Husby's? What yeah, is that? Yeah, it's this bar. It's this magical place in uh, Sister Bay that's uh, like right in town, and this Frank Maloney fella hosts, and, and, his, and his cohort, uh, Dan, they host this open mic on Mondays. Dan Smir- Smith- yeah, Dan Smurs. Yeah, and they host it every Monday, and I got to go, and I got to play, and it was the first time being on stage post COVID. So that was a Damn. big deal for me. So I had, I had a hell of a time. I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm on fire. <laughs> well, we <laughs> always appreciate you coming out to open mic. Um, which yes, by the way, is every Monday from seven to 10 at the garage bar at Husby's in sister Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff I want to talk to you about. I yeah. What's know. this all about? You know, <laughs> what <are> you- <laughs> well, it's about shooting the shit, laying it on thick, yeah. as it were. Cool, um, cool. So let's start with making the makeouts. Let's start with your original Ooh. music. Um, you know, when did you start writing songs? So I used to write lyrics all the time in middle school and high school. But I and even though I was in band class, I never I maybe put music to like a couple of those songs. Mm-hmm. But I just had you know notebooks, notebooks. But then I stopped writing music, and I just I don't know around after graduating high school, I just kind of dropped off and stopped playing unless I was like, just like playing my bass in my room, mm-hmm. smoking pot or whatever. Nice. Um, but my, my father passed away in 2016 and he, you know, that year after, you know, that for that, those early steps of the grieving process, you know, going through a lot of going through a lot of it. And then it was like exactly a year later. So summer of 2017, um, I was, sitting under this big old tree at my grandma's farm just down the road that my mom planted when she was a kid. I'm sitting under it with this little nylon acoustic guitar given to me by a friend who had killed himself exactly a year after my father died. So I was just, I was kind of spiraling, but I was also feeling myself coming back up Mm -hmm. because you know, I'm lucky enough to have a lot of friends and people who care about me, especially in a community like Door County. So having that base of support definitely, you know, was helping me get back in sync with myself. But I'm sitting under this tree with this haunted guitar and I um, I was checking my phone and there was this like Facebook clickbait, click, clickbait article. <laughs> and the headline was, she's a dominatrix with an OCD. And I'm like... <laughs> She's a dominatrix, OCD, die Mountain Dew cans, hanging from a tree. Oh shit! It's a song. <laughs> it's a song, and now so like Bold Holes, which is off the Haymaker CD. Yeah, that's I I, I really like to consider that my first song. Really, like, not not to negate first... all the high school journals and stuff, but that really just always feels like my first yeah. song. Yeah, I mean it's funny you bring up the high school journals because. A couple years ago, my mom's like, can you go through this bin? Like, I mean, like, a, I don't know, a huge tub. And it's just all this old, like, emo bullshit I wrote. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's the whole journey. And to you have to get that, 
get through that. Exactly. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's a that's a crazy story. <laughs> yeah, man. So that's yeah. So that's your first song, and then so talk about the recording process of Haymaker and tell people where they can find it. I will definitely. So. Haymaker, so I brought these songs to David Smurz, who is a good friend of all of ours here at this little table. Mm -hmm. And uh, he wanted to help me bring these songs to life. And at the time, it like these songs in my head were just, you know, me and that little guitar. Mm -hmm. I didn't really, I wasn't thinking of like, yeah, we're going to get a band together. We're going to put this on Spotify. We're going to do this. We're gonna do, like, you know, these are just like, this was like therapy for me at yeah. this point still. Yeah. I just wanted to make something. And then... Um, but then Damon's like, you know, Dan would would love to help, you know, us do this. So we brought the songs to Dan when he was living down on uh, 57. And I showed him Bullet Holes and Spring Water and maybe Queen of the Damned and maybe mm -hmm. a couple other ones. But, you know, it was like, you know, playing with some, you know, bringing the songs to a drummer. Like Dan brought so much energy. I'm like, oh, my God, like these are these really are songs. Yeah, it was so exciting. So. I had the brother Smurz helping me and we, um, you know, it's crazy. Like we recorded Haymaker like a couple different times in a couple different yeah. places. Um, the one thing, so like, and each time we did, you know, it always start with the drums. I'd make a scratch track for Dan mm -hmm. and wherever you were doing drums, we'd yeah. do that there. But like we had a studio in Egg Harbor at one point. Yeah. We I did some that. stuff here, did some stuff at your place, Dan. Yeah. But, um, a chunk of what came out in the final product, at least on my end, like vocals and guitars and stuff, a lot of that was like the fi like finally what you hear uh, was recorded in my grandparents' barn mm -hmm. oh. on Old Lime Kiln Road, um, which was so they bought that farm in 1970 and it was just an old cow barn, you know. But my grandparents, my grandfather Paul, started Second City in the late 50s, <laughs> and my great grandmother Viola Spolin invented theater games and exercises so i come from this huge theater family so legendary legendary yeah straight family. up yeah that's that's pretty crazy yeah that's wild <laughs> i was just um i mean i was just i was with our i was with pat mcdonald last night um and we were talking about my grandpa paul when, when paul died in 2008 he died the same day as bo diddley oh, wow. and they they had my grandpa paul and bo diddley on the front of the new york times because you had both these founders of like, you know, two different art forms pass yeah. away. Like they, yeah. it was cool to see people see how monumental that was. Um, yeah. yeah, that's insane. Yeah, the influence on like comedy and sketch comedy and stand up. It wouldn't be stuff. here if yeah. he didn't do that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, Second City, pretty, like pretty insane. everybody on SNL went through Second City. Yeah. That's know? like, like if crazy. you're an SNL, Second City is like your high school. Yeah. Right, right. So I come from, I, you know, sometimes I like to tell people I grew up in the circus. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a lot of Haymaker was finally recorded in that barn because they turned the barn into a theater space. Like mm -hmm. it's a full-on rehearsal space. It's beautiful. Um, and you can listen to Haymaker on all streaming platforms. Um, right now, so we... We went back and tweaked some of it last year because um, both David and I had grown so much with, you know, he, him as an audio engineer and then me as mm -hmm. like, a, you know, because right after we did Haymaker, I got to do Dark Songs yeah. with Steelbridge. Yeah. And as Dan knows, when you a do recurring theme here on laying it on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Dan knows that even if you just do one Steelbridge song fest, you learn a wealth of knowledge about performing and writing and collaborating and recording and 
you know, so there were some ideas that I had kind of, you know, going back to Haymaker, but then David was like, yeah, I'd like to do some stuff too. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing for me was Queen of the Dam because we lost, like, I don't know, David at one point couldn't find like the mix that we had going. So we like re-recorded it and I just, I just didn't like that version that we've put out first. I really was like, where the fuck did that? You know, OG version. Like, if you watch the music video, which is on YouTube yes. uh, for Queen of the Damned, like, that's the version I want you to hear. That's the version that I've always wanted you to hear. Right, right. Because that version shreds. That that shit yeah. slaps, you know, like. But um, but also, David did a great job overall with remixing Haymaker for 2020. I think Pawn Shop County Fair sounds a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also feel like, okay, now I can move the hell on from this yeah. and, you know, do different yeah. stuff. Yeah. Time for the new yeah. project. I mean, it was pretty cool because you were working those songs out at, at Open Mic, the aforementioned Open Mic. Yeah. And then to see the finished product and then the, you know, the 2020 release is just like... Watching, watching you and like I've recorded with David for years too, and just watching him grow and and mm-hmm. the stuff that he's been learning, not to mention the equipment that's been added. Yes, yeah, that definitely helps. Yeah, it sure does. But, uh, Where does yeah. he get all these fantastic toys? <laughs> I think the internet. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been a uh, growing process for everyone, man. It's well, yeah, been, it's been a, cool, that's, and we're lucky we get to grow together. It's a it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's part of the thing that I try to point out with this podcast is like this there's a community here that i don't know that people who typically are tourists up here understand and it's crucial to document it yeah because Mm -hmm. one day we will all be gone right sure will right that's why my theme is record everything yes yes that's that's what it's about i mean if you go back to like like when lead belly was getting recorded artists like him were getting recorded because people now had the tools to record them like there's there's all these folk musicians all these again they're and they're about to they're gonna be dead in like 10 years we have to capture them now that we can we have no audio evidence of our existence until like what the late 1800s i know that's insane crazy Mm -hmm. yeah like like all you have from Beethoven, it's not like this shit that he would, you know. You have uh, bands playing. Yeah, he, you, yeah. You have his music, but you don't have like, I don't know. Nobody has an interview with the man, you know. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, thinking back to when, but he'd uh, be like, "What? Sorry, I can't hear you." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like thinking back to when, uh, like Chris Aaron passed away and stuff, and just like knowing that 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 isn't going to be working anymore it's mm-hmm. not going to be creating music he's not you know and all we have is just those recordings and videos and and little clips of him playing and yeah mm-hmm. and it just it really hits home and hits home hard you know that we gotta we gotta remember all of this we gotta document it we gotta you know save it for the future and, mm-hmm. and for whatever you know every time someone dies a library burns down oh <laughs> jeez damn that's that's pretty in, pretty deep there yeah Yeah, that's another reason (laughs) that's that's really it's another reason we gotta get on recording uh our album there dan (laughs) i've been putting that off for i don't know 10 15 years but you know i i've I've asked you about this album i really liked what you said to me though like the maybe the one or two times we talked about it and i don't know if this is still your philosophy on it but when you talk to me about it you're like i just i want to do it right i want like a really good fiddle player and you're talking about all these little other ideas and like well, that's why I'm working my ass off this summer, so I yeah. have the money to pay people to come in and uh, do it the way that I envision it. Mm-hmm. And you want to do it, you know, it's 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 so important what room you do it in, even if 
whether it you know whether it is a professional studio or your grandparents' barn, yeah. the room matters. And you know, I you're I know you definitely want to be in the right room when you make the bring those songs to life. Yeah, I know that. But hurry the hell up because yeah, I yeah. want that CD. <laughs> <laughs> CD, fuck that. Yeah, vinyl. I'm putting it on vinyl. Yes, yeah. yeah, exactly. All the way, baby. That's the only shit people buy anyway. <laughs> For good it's reason kind of too. Yeah. It's it's a like I'm I'm glad the vinyl's making a comeback because. What happened was we found a way to listen to music on the go. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I love doing it. I yeah. love going on walks. It's perfect. Now mm-hmm. I have music. But it became the standard for listening to music, and that's not okay. Like It's great yeah. that we can listen to music on the go, but that's not how you should always consume it. It's like food. Right. It's like, yes, we invented the microwave. Don't make all your meals in the microwave. <laughs> You know, no, so yeah, convenience. Very true. <laughs> I know, I know it is, Dad. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I don't even, I hardly use the microwave myself. But yeah, um, I used to use it all the time. But yeah, I mean, like, and then you know, what I like to remind people every now and then on this show is that you can purchase uh, albums. <laughs> you don't have to just play them through Spotify. Like, it, yeah. mm-hmm. I'd say, you know, if you've listened to an album on Spotify a hundred times, it's time to fucking buy it. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Support the artist. Yeah. You know, it's and it's it's weird how the mediums have changed because I remember when uh, me and Rick Wood and Nate Lang had Abnormal Cattle. Mm-hmm. Which I have we, on vinyl, not to too. cut you yeah. off. <laughs> well, see, the funny thing is we were trying to decide, like, how we were going to put it out. CD or we were going to do like little flash drives with the album on it. Mm-hmm. We know we wanted to do a vinyl record, um, but it was it was just kind of like a scheme of like, yeah, buy the CD and get a free vinyl because like it was still in that crossing period of like people like were into vinyl, but it wasn't CDs were still way more convenient for people. And mm-hmm. now I don't know anyone that like really uses CDs. So since we started uh, Corsair Radio... Oh, Which, yeah, I do want to get deeper into that. We later. will talk more about Corsair, but just to dance on it for a little bit, you know, when I do my shows, Wake with Make and Late with Make, the way I, 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 you know, I still had a bunch of CDs from, you know, back in the day, and I kept, you know, I started buying more. So my, I always make my shows off CDs. And mm-hmm. what I like about CDs is, um, you know, you have the disc that you can play in your car at home, but also it has the information on it. You can put it on your computer rip it and i can share it with you like it is yeah. a flash drive in and of mm-hmm. itself and uh yeah i like way. to think the infrastructure is too strong for cds to go away but now i'm seeing new cars that don't have cd players oh, no, they yeah, don't make them. bring that up you, you get a you buy a new laptop today and there's, and there's no, no cd, there's no no CD I, my disk drive is an external one yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's like the, the big crossroads man and it's like, what's going to be the next big well, thing? Well, it's the, it's the same thing that happened to tape, you know? Yeah. Like, we were talking about maybe doing the album reel to reel, and you're like, yeah, but the hardest part's going to be finding the fucking tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, but I think, I'm, I mean, that was like 2011 when we did the Abnormal Cattle record. Yeah. I bet you because of the resurgence of vinyl now, there's there's got to be someone out there making tape. There's a resurgence of tape cassettes too. I'm seeing all these yeah. bands ranging from like, you know, underground hip hop to Motley Crue, like putting their music out on tape yeah. cassette again. Mm-hmm. And I think it's cool, but it's like, who that? Who, who, who has a tape player? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I still like, somewhere I still have six on you like blank cassette tapes in a pack. Oh wow, never like, opened. I'm just like, I'm gonna hold on to these. It's amazing because <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first recording thing that my brother ever had so i used it a few times 
was like you put in a just a cassette tape mm-hmm. and record. Oh, was it, it a four track? Yeah, four I track, have one of those. Oh. I see. I just used my boombox. Oh, that's I'd, sick. And <laughs> what I would do is I would I would at night I would have the boombox next to my bed and I'd listen to Casey Kasem's Top Forty. And oh I'd, yeah, I'd record it to tape. I'm like Casey almost, Kasem almost every night or at least once a week for sure. But actually, yeah. one of the first songs I recorded was through what I think is was a karaoke machine but it was on the tape and it was me singing along to kid rocks only god knows why yes (laughs) so somewhere in the world somewhere there is a i won't rest i won't rest until i find it it's like 11 year old frank (laughs) (laughs) god this sounds terrible (laughs) well got off on a tangent there What we were talking about. Oh yeah, uh, I was gonna say that I think that, uh, and I, I and I wonder um, if uh, Sturgill Simpson talking about how he records reel to reel didn't help, you know, progress towards you know what you were saying, like somebody's out there making tape, yeah, because people want to get back to what sounded good, which was the seventies, mm-hmm. yeah, sixties <laughs> <laughs> wonder 70s. though, because like. And I don't have any, like, weight on this. It's just stuff I've been seeing on, like, the internet and talking with friends who love film. But, like, you know, in film, like, Quentin Tarantino and, like, Christopher Nolan, they love shooting movies with film. And I keep hearing that, like, there's still a shortage of film. Like, there's still, Mm -hmm. like, there's still, like, a finite amount. And, you know, so I'm hoping that people are still, or someone's making it again. Somewhere there's a huge warehouse just filled with it somewhere. Raiders of the Lost Ark <laughs> shit yeah, totally <laughs> and then somebody just ends up oops I lit a match shit. oh god yeah like at Universal did you do you remember that uh, oh no. yeah yeah it was wasn't that out in California this was out in California yeah, I'm yeah. just gonna talk about it really quick because it do pisses it. me off at Universal Studios you know this big company that owns all the masters to these American mm. artists from like back to Sister Rosetta Tharp like half of it was destroyed yeah in a fire and, and there's been like no consequences like Artists, musicians, if you were listening to this podcast, own your masters, yeah. own your publishing, Seriously. own your shit. They are not going to protect it. No, oh, yeah. Why? Well, why right. in this environment would you ever sign a contract with exactly with someone like never? Because you can put your own shit at like just like you did. Yep. Record it, put it out on Spotify, and people will pick it up if it's good. You know. And if it's just, good, and you go play gigs, and you you know you get out. There, like I mean. If you put the songs out there and you, you know, he'll catch on if you, you know. I mean, you Sturgill plugging. Simpson, bring him up again, man. He was yeah. playing at Doozies in Green Bay in 2014. Oh, wow. In 2014. 2014. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it can happen to anybody. Well, one put of, it out there. I was talking yeah. about, I don't know if you guys know about Charles Bradley, but he was someone. Hell yeah. Yeah. So he was a James Brown impersonator for like the first 40 years of his career. Then he got like, then he got 15 years of like doing his stuff and Mm -hmm. getting, you know, the acclaim that he deserved. And then unfortunately he passed away. But yeah, it's like, it's not going to be overnight. And that's like that with any business or venture. You got to put years into it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And look, maybe it won't work out, but I mean, even but you in, won't ever regret it. No, and like, I'm never going to regret putting Haymaker out or any of the other no, songs. No, out. it's satisfying to do. Like it, just like playing a show is satisfying to do. Exactly. Yeah. But I was saying this on Monday. Like, it's a different type of satisfaction running that open mic. Mm-hmm. Like, and just seeing. Well, that was a really good turnout, and that means that you're building two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row, and that means that you know you're building a community of people who 
may not be professional, but you're getting them to be comfortable with going on stage. And I think that's so important because my family always believed in community theater. Like, you didn't yeah, have to be yeah, a right. thespian to be in theater. Yeah. My grandpa Paul believed that every town should have a community theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You right. know, you, you you don't, you can be anyone to go on stage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just, yeah. So I mean, and we've seen some pretty amazing stuff. Like, you played there. I mean, Celeste, Celeste so, Rose is her stage name. Mm-hmm. She's played there. Uh, Zephyr. There was Caesar. There was it might have been the first summer you did open mic. She, uh, Zephyr came on stage and sang like the sang a song from a musical yeah. she had done. Acapella. Yeah. Acapella. She sang an acapella and like the whole the whole audience audience was just like oh it was, it was like it was like sitting in like an old Irish bar and some beautiful girls singing. Everyone's just like crying in their drinks. It's so beautiful. Like it was. It was yeah, so beautiful. Was, yeah. yeah. That that first open mic summer was yeah. epic. That that was so cool, man. Like. Well, we had like yeah. the Raditz family coming yeah. out, and, yeah. yeah, and that's kind of what it's getting back to now. Like, totally. the, like these last two weeks, and I always say that um, if I have a successful open mic, it means I'm hardly on stage. Yeah, right. and it's been that way for the last two weeks. I mean, usually, like because we start at seven, I kind of ease it in, and which is great for me because I get to practice songs in front of people. Mm-hmm. I never play really what we play as a band, just stuff I'm trying out or mm-hmm. stuff I'm bringing back. Yeah, man, that's what it's for the testing ground yeah it's a beautiful thing but the cool thing and we don't judge anybody so if you have ever thought about coming on and stage and we have uh some pretty sweet guitars you can play oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. guitars and drums Mm -hmm. and pretty much what you need man but just one more point on it though is like the the coolest thing about it especially like this last one we did um which by the time this comes out, it's going to be like yeah, weeks, be weeks later. A month ago. <laughs> but uh, um, just, I mean, after just about every song, man, the the, the audience responded and was clapping yeah. and cheering. Yeah. Like there, yeah. nobody got like a dry clap or a quiet room, you know, like everybody was in it. Mm. Well, I always <laughs> make sure I get those wet claps. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I always get the clap when it's wet. Yeah, you got to get it when it's wet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's always a pleasure when you come out, make and 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 shine for us. Um, Thanks, well, man. Yeah, let's you let's, make me shine. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, you do not live in Door County anymore. I don't. I moved out of Door County. You moved to Minneapolis at about the worst fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody could move to Minneapolis. Yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the big city. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. Um, yeah, we moved in January 2020. <laughs> I mean, what a what a horror show. <laughs> and there were, and I don't know. I mean, we've toughed it out, and there are plenty of days during the pandemic, and plenty of days post George Floyd where I was beating myself up when I would, you know, say to my girlfriend, like, are you, are you pissed at me for bringing you out here? And she's like, no, I love it. It's fine. Like, I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong. 2020 was a fucked year, especially <laughs> yeah. for Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, but we both, re- I honestly, I think we both really needed it because Just my girlfriend and I both went to Gibraltar. And I've spent a lot of my life up here, and I love Door County, but I'm not Mm -hmm. the kind of like I'm not supposed to be up here for like my whole life, Mm -hmm. and that's the trajectory that I was on prior to moving. Right. You know, I had lived in Milwaukee for like a little bit, and I didn't really do much because I was like, while my dad was sick, yeah, and I was just out of it. So I just we both wanted to move, and I took her out to Minneapolis to visit some family, and we fell in love with the place. This was back in 2019, and um. 
and we've made the year work. I mean, she goes to work. I'm a stay-at-home boyfriend. I keep the apartment clean. I work on my music. <laughs> you know, it's um, we like our neighborhood, and what neighborhood are you in? We're we're. I mean. You don't have to tell anybody too specific. I'll say we're in Uptown because <laughs> yeah, that's kind of yeah. a general area. We're yeah, like yeah. an Uptown yeah, area. Right and we were pretty close to like where, you know, a lot of the action was. Um, but, you know, living with my grandpa, Paul, and my grandma, Carol, you know, Paul and Carol lived through the uh, 68 Democratic Convention in mm. Chicago. Oh, yeah. yeah. And my grandpa was doing Second City at that time. And, you know, he let Abby Hoffman and all of his friends hide out in the beer garden. Shit. And they made a movie called like the Chicago or the trial of the Chicago seven. Paul yeah. testified at that trial. Wow. Like I, I, I mean, I was raised by people, you know, going out there and helping out the cause. So like, you know, part of me felt like, okay, this is what I was raised around hippies for. Like, let's, you know, let's do this. <laughs> um, so I don't regret moving to Minneapolis. It's done me a lot of good. Um, definitely moved at a crazy time, but, um, things are getting better. I'm, Sort of, I don't know. It's still pretty hot out there. Yeah, but no, um, I was there mm, two months ago. Yeah, because my, my brother and his wife and kids live. I mean, a few blocks away from where George Floyd was killed on like 38th in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, that's. Um, there's still a lot of action down there, especially because they recently. I don't know if they've completely done it, but they're like trying to open up that intersection again. A lot of, mm. and here's the thing. You know, that intersection is closed off, and some people are in a huff about it. But on, like, two roads down on, on a much bigger street called uh, Nicolay, mm-hmm. the road is divided by this ginormous Kmart that's been there for, like, 40 years. So I think if a giant Kmart can just willy-nilly be, the, you know, in between, like, this big street, I think we could have, you know, a closed-off intersection for George Floyd. Yeah, I mean, also I'm on like the street I'm on. You go down like seven blocks. Here's a big honking school, and the road cuts off again. Like Minneapolis mm-hmm. is full of these big roads that get cut off randomly in the middle by like schools or Kmart's, and it's yeah. like, what? What's the difference? Yeah, you know? one city isn't though. Know. Yeah, it's yeah. so. Yeah, I can't even imagine the logistics of trying to like, like you know, if you're the mayor of the city and like trying to deal with all those. You know issues and and trying to figure it out because well, no he hardly does no, that. Well, well, there. Well, that probably is part of the problem. I'm not even sure who the mayor is. His name's but, Jacob Fry, and he acts like he's like the prom king of Minneapolis, oh, like any other. Poet. So he's a politician. Yeah, yeah he's a politician. Yeah. He is just like, oh, it, it's filthy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just like one of those things where like no one's ever going to be completely happy, you know, with yeah. with what it is and. No, and especially now, like, because everybody is just a Twitter activist, whether or not, you know, they're on whatever someone would consider the right side of Mm -hmm. the the problem is. And then, you know, it's just just people yelling into a void, but politicians have to try to appease that kind of shit, man. And like, I don't know what, but it's not an enviable position. And that's the thing, like, and I've, I've, I've gotten tricked by it too, like going on Twitter, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'll see a Twitter thread of someone like saying, actually, you know, blah, 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 blah. And okay, so like, it actually it was last night and there was something about coronavirus. And this person was like calling out John Stewart for claiming it was made in the lab. And then like two tweets down, they're like, oh, actually, I just talked to a friend of mine and they told me I'm wrong. 
But the above tweet had like all the likes and retweets. Yep. It wasn't that tweet like two tweets down. There was like, oh, actually, you know what, guys? I was actually wrong about that. Yeah. I, well, then maybe you should delete the tweet then, you know? Yeah. But they won't. Yeah. So no, it's, it's like. It's got a lot of likes. It's got a lot of likes. Yeah, exactly. Can't can't get rid of that. So it's, yeah, it's the misinformation the past year regarding COVID and civil rights. And yeah, it's messy. It's well, yeah. Messy. I mean, it's just like, that's what, like, I enjoy social media but i think i i think i have a handle on how i enjoy it which is like say dumb shit like on twitter that's where i just kind of yell into the void yeah like and i drunk tweet a lot but i don't do that on like instagram or facebook very much and then when you ingest it understand what the fuck it is which is probably nothing you have to like it's you constantly have to question your source especially off social media who is this journalist who like who did they write this for? When mm-hmm. was it written? You know what what you know where what are their sources from? Read the article too. You know a lot of people even and even I've been guilty of this. Of just seeing headlines. Yeah. You know, we got, oh yeah, me too, man. All the time. Yeah, like, it sucks. But I'll also say when I'm talking to someone, well, I saw this headline. Yeah. So don't don't take this as fact. But because I, I just read headline. like two sentences and <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only thing that I can say is a hundred percent true from social media is that Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. <laughs> I agree. I, well, I, yeah, I totally agree. That, I, that is, I checked my sources on that one. You couldn't, <laughs> so you can't check the cameras from the fucking prison. You couldn't convince me otherwise, you know? No, you couldn't. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> let's transition into Corsair Radio. Land. All right. Uh, tell me about because you know I, I've just been one one of the lowly DJs, but you and Ryan conceived the whole thing. And tell me about how you how you came up with it and how it all started. So Ryan and I met working at Beerzot in mm-hmm. Sister Bay, which is sadly no longer there. And then we became roommates and like best friends. And Ryan, um, for those of you who know about Door County and fun Door County stuff, is the owner and operator of Discourse in Sister Bay, which is now sadly no longer there. He's moved it to Milwaukee. Corsair Radio, presented by Discourse Coffee. Yeah, yeah. You probably yeah. If you've tuned into Corsair Radio, you should. I hope to God you know about Discourse Coffee. So Ryan actually had was when he was in college, he was a radio DJ. And when he was in high school, he would he would like produce music for like his pop punk band. So Ryan had a lot like has had a long history of, you know, being in a studio working with radio and et cetera. And he's always wanted to do like a pirate radio station. Yeah. And I was and you know whenever he would talk to me about it, I'd be like yeah, totally. I would. I've always wanted to be on the radio, especially like a couple summers ago. A friend of mine got me a couple uh, radio ad gigs at the lodge. Nice. Yeah. Like I would do ads for like the ice cream factory and stuff. And yeah, it was cool. fun. I'm like, this is great. I get to make funny voices and stuff. So yeah. when he approached me about this and he's like, yeah, it'd be online. And, you know, we get some volunteer DJs. Everyone makes like two hour shows. Like we'd, you know, we'd meet up and talk about like, you know, how are we going to schedule this and how are we going to find the people? And that was the most fun part for me was putting the team together. Yeah. You know, it's like Nick Fury shit. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm super proud of the team we have. You and Celeste, uh, I am constantly getting rave reviews about your shows, which I've I'm always been meaning to text you guys. I'm like, I should be getting these. They should be here at this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, people love your shows. And uh, Solomon Lindenberg, another Door County local, and 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 a makeout. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. He makes you like jazz, and 
a lot of people love it's that. A great show. It's a great show mm-hmm. because jazz is experiencing a period in which, I mean, obviously old people love jazz, but a lot of younger people are getting to the jazz music again. <laughs> That's the cold from the podcast. Old people, old people love jazz. <laughs> Don't tell me I'm wrong. Don't tell me I'm wrong. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Hi, dad. <laughs> I think there's always been a strong middle age and young group of kids that, you know, keep the jazz alive, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, but Sally yeah. does a great job and, and the, the way that he, uh, talks about it and it, i know he's like a professor of jazz yeah <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's oh, genius you, the passion definitely comes out mm-hmm. but so yeah you get you texted me shit when was it i guess we recorded the first show in january and then it was we not didn't long we, enough but you had texted me what last fall at some point about starting yeah ryan and i really had like the first serious talks about corsair in autumn of 2019 like right as i was about to move to minneapolis and um or maybe even summer of 2019 because the 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 first official broadcast for corsair was our christmas special yeah i I tuned into that we had um and going back to my grandpa paul so my grandpa paul did an uh an adaption of a christmas carol for the dca back in like 1994 Mm -hmm. and he did it in his story theater format so in the late 70s my grandfather invented this form of theater in which you know you bring it's um it's a collection of fairy tales like the first story theater was a bunch of Grimm's fairy tales and Hans Christian Mm -hmm. Andersen and what happens is the characters tell the story Mm -hmm. so Rumpelstiltskin is on stage and he's almost like speaking in third person (laughs) <laughs> so it's the characters telling the story. It's um, it really what and there's no, there's no props. There's really a very basic set design, maybe some costumes. It's all in the space. Hmm. These stories are created in the invisible, which really goes back to like the earliest days of storytelling when you had the storyteller of like the tribe mm-hmm. acting out this whole thing for like the kids and you know everyone sitting around. Yeah, and. One of the first things he did with story theater, my grandpa, was um, the blue light. And this is around, you know, the 68 conventions around the Vietnam War. He does the blue light, which is this old story about this soldier that comes back from war. His leg is gone and his arm is gone and his head is bandaged. And he, you know, he's a cripple. He and he, he comes back for more, hoping for some, you know, compensation for everything he sacrificed. And the king says, no, I, don't, I have no use for you. I have no need for you. Off you go. And they like, throw him down a well. And there's this blue light down there. And the rest of the story is about this soldier getting revenge on the king who did him wrong. Yeah. And, you know, people seeing that at the peak of the Vietnam War, like, they were like, holy shit. You know, it was... Yeah. I mean, that's resonant, isn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> so fast forward to 94, he takes Christmas carols. So, you know, Scrooge unlocked his door and upon the knob, he saw the face of Jacob. Ma-, you know, he's telling mm. the story. So he did that in 94, the DCA. And I, my first plan was I was going to get a bottle of red wine and just read the Christmas carol by myself <laughs> and just get progressively more drunk. And then I'm like... <laughs> But then I'm like, hey, wait, my grandpa did Christmas Carol. Maybe I should use his script and like get some friends together and do that instead. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. And then Sally did a little Christmas playlist. Afterwards. He did. He did. Yeah. So that was the first broadcast. 
and that was in December, and then we launched in February. Yeah. And we wrapped season one up at the end of May. And we're sixteen t- motherfucking episodes. Yeah. yeah for yeah. for one season, that's pretty solid. And we're gonna take a we're on a hiatus right now, as you know. Yes. We'll resume programming in October. It was funny because when you first mentioned the hiatus, I was like, ah, oh, come on. Like, and now I'm so happy. <laughs> yes. I'm so busy. Right I told now. you. <laughs> now we got time like, for this podcast. Well, yeah. I mean, it, what, what, yeah. what it would have been is just this all day. Right. We would have been right. recording podcasts and then also recording a playlist and then recording my whatever, my five minutes of yeah. talking, which, which we got down to a pretty good science, David and I. That's the great thing about. Because, you know, as you, since being station manager, one of my responsibilities is obviously listening to yeah. all the shows. Yeah, listen to all that. Yeah, I know. But poor, pity me. Um, <laughs> but it's great because, you know, as I found my groove in my shows, I also got to hear everybody else find their, like, format, you know, mm-hmm. their setup. And- yeah, I mean, from the first one where, like, you, you know, even Dan was like, you are nervous. Like, I don't see you like this very often. We had to loosen you up a little bit. Yeah, a couple shots of bitters didn't hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, to to where, it, like, I don't know, maybe by episode four, I think it was just like, okay, like, press record. Like, I know yeah. how much time I have to fill. All right, how much was that? How much was that? Okay, we're good. To, mm-hmm. Like, and then it's really just the recording of the music that takes the time. But yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a lot of fun to do, and I'm excited to do season two, and I'm particularly excited to do my own Christmas show. Yes. I'm, that's what I'm most excited about, because like I said, we'll resume programming in October, and that's around time for uh, holidays. And obviously, we're going to give you guys, you know, like, what I'm kind of thinking for like Christmas in particular is I really want to encourage people to make, you know, holiday shows. Oh, yeah. However I'm, you want I'm to. I'm going to. You're Trust going me. to. I, uh, but, I've had this in the plans since before the first show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like to hear that. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a great time. I'm really, season two is going to start off strong with like, because, you know, Halloween is in October. I'm mm-hmm. hoping everyone will make some spooky episodes and. You know, yeah. it's just, it gives you a lot of inspiration around that time of year. I should have saved the poverty episode. <laughs> this is very spooky. <laughs> we, should, we, uh, we should do a rendition of uh, War of the Worlds. That is a great <laughs> idea. It's actually a pretty good that idea. That is a fan. <laughs> I love Orson Welles. But, but we'll, yeah, we'll put our own little... Uh, twist on it maybe or something. Well, we'll have the... Um, I like to It'll call... It'll be the North Koreans. <laughs> 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 that was actually one of the things when I did the when we did the Christmas Carol. I mean, obviously, I studied my grandpa's script, but I also found on tape cassettes uh, Orson Welles's Christmas Carol that he did in like 1940. I listened to oh. that, and it gave me a great feel for like because it's a teleplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, you, all you have is that audio. How do you you know? Sound effects was really fun. Ooh. Oh, dude, that yeah, that was the you had the one guy in the in the room. He'd be like slapping boards together or like scraping things to make all the. Sound There's effects. this crazy picture Whistles that floats and... around the internet of like a bunch of people making a sound effect for moving. There's like a guy with a gun, and there's like <laughs> someone with like the big screen. Yeah, thing. shaking it. It's yeah. like the most chaotic picture ever, and it's like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on right dude, now? It was so cool, man. <laughs> Foley so artists, right? Is that oh, what they're man. called? Foley? I'm not. I, I think don't really so. know. Technically. But that's a great job. We just uh, well, what'll be three or four podcasts ago when we were talking to Chris Opper, we were talking about how you know kind of CGI takes away from 
the fun of like old movies were fun mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> yeah, practical effects. Yeah, yeah. Something I really miss from comedy movies nowadays. Like I grew up watching like movies like Hot Shots. Yeah. And like oh, Airplane. Beautiful. Yep. So like <laughs> for me, comedy is like having a scene where like, you know, the general is talking to someone very serious. But then outside the window, you see soldiers doing like a formation. <laughs> but then the next shot, they're like dancing in a circle oh, yeah. together. It's what's in the background. And like comedies don't mm-hmm. do yep. that anymore. Comedy films, like it's all like the, the movie will literally be called Date Night. Yeah. And it's about some boring suburban couple that gets out of their shell for an evening. It's like every fucking movie. Yeah. <clears throat> I miss the slapstick comedies of yeah. like the 80s and the 90s and stuff. Ace Ventura, Austin Powers. You had these comedians oh crafting these characters. The first Austin Powers is like one of the best movies ever. It's, oh, it's so, so good. Hilarious. <laughs> Dude, the Police Academy movies. Yep, you know, yep legendary. Like, I mean, come on. Those are just Well, and, like, and people like to shit on Adam Sandler, but like I Billy Madison, Sandler. Happy Gilmore, like... Who likes to shit on it? Lots of people. People, sad people. Oh. Yeah, people who have no joy in their life. Who yeah, don't, don't like when when he opens a magazine called <laughs> Drunk Chicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will. I mean, you know, the early Adam Sandler stuff is the best. Uh, yeah, of I think there was like some story I read where um, in the '90s or whatever he met Bill Cosby and like. Uh-oh. Bill Cosby told him to clean up his act and stuff, and that's what like he transitioned into like he changed his whole comedy setup, you know, because of he that. He did, and uh, which is kind of like, oh, whoops, yeah. <laughs> sorry. In hindsight, you didn't have to listen yeah, to him. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Old pudding pops is. <laughs> but even t- like, I even out. like mid-career Sandler movies like Mister Deeds, where he's I not Mister Deeds. Like he's not that. Yeah, but yeah, hoo hoo. You know, he's not that Adam Sandler anymore, but like, it's still, I, I love Adam Sandler. Well, I really liked the um, funny people. That's a great movie. That's a fantastic movie. Like a lot of people. I, oh, and what was the one he just did? The Uncut fucking, Gems. Yeah, that was crazy, dude. That's, that's hard to watch because it was so intense. Yeah, it's like an hour and a half panic attack. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, I haven't seen that. It's it's stressful. It's fantastic, it's but really it's stressful. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you like, you really feel like the urgency um, which so means he's he proved, does a great he's job. He's proved he's he can act. Oh yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh, something that I <laughs> and saw. all he would do is just point you to all of his money. Yes. Go, you know, <laughs> it's like I might not like Tyler Perry movies, but I know what he's doing, <laughs> and I respect it. And so does he. Oh, yeah. In fact, he built an entire studio recently. Yeah, so he could do it during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, it was like he built his own like NBA bubble just to make movies. Isn't it in uh, Atlanta? It might be. Yeah, I think it's somewhere down there. And he's let other, he's let other, I think he let Coming to America too, or Coming to America. I thought, Uh, I think he let that get shot there too. I know, (laughs) I know. What happened? Eddie Murphy. Where'd you go? I think it's less Eddie Murphy. It's like, why are you making a sequel 30 years later? Well, I think it's great. I think it's it was a great cha-ching, idea. Just ching Just ching Poor execution. I mean, I haven't I even, have, I haven't I haven't seen, even it. seen it, but I've just heard that it's, uh, yeah, yeah, nothing compared to the first one. <laughs> well, I mean, the first one is, how are you going to top that? I, I love the first one because where they shot it in New York, I'm guessing, like, it's filthy. Yeah, it oh, really dude, is. Yeah, like totally. You know, nowadays when I don't know, I feel like when you, whenever you see a dirty neighborhood in a movie, it's a set. But like back then, then the eighties, if you're like, well, I'm pretty sure that's like how they did garbage pickup back then, right? Is they just threw their garbage bags onto the street. Yep, yep, yep. 
That and, seems like. And also, like. <laughs> what? <laughs> there's a lot of 80s nostalgia in our culture for like the past 20 years, I feel like. Like, yeah. it's insane. And the thing is, the 80s that. Not that I was there, but like, I'm looking at this couch right now. That's 80s. Brown, it's kind of ugly. <laughs> That's 80s. Everyone thinks 80s is like bright colors and like, yeah, dance with somebody. And like, that's 80s yeah. too. But you have to, like, you know, yeah. realize that a lot of, like, especially middle America, it was, it was brown and it was a little gross. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was born in the 80s, man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I'm a little gross. Yeah. <laughs> I think the 80s nostalgia, actually, because I remember, like, I mean, even in the late, 90s at the the Elsa public pool where we were members uh they would always have you know throwback 80s hour or whatever weird people love cocaine true that's what i think it all boils down to is do you guys remember when cocaine was everywhere <laughs> or it flowed like wine <laughs> uh, i don't know why that makes me think of american psycho but it does <laughs> yeah that's uh it's quite the flick. <laughs> well, it's quite the book. Fuck the flick. Oh, I've, I've never read the book. The book is a, that's a, that's I, a tough one. I can't even imagine how much more intense that must be. Is yeah. the Huey Lewis scene still in the book, or is that something that was in the It's movie? still in the book. I mean, like that's that's part of the, the whole character is his obsession with pop music. You mm-hmm. know? It's just like in the book, obviously, things are a little more played out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just his imagination is yeah. a little more played out. Brett Easton Ellis, that guy. <laughs> He's got an imagination to him. But also, I mean, that was all just a commentary on American culture, and he was not wrong. Like, here we are yeah, in yeah. Door County with yeah more condos coming. <laughs> also a recurring theme of this podcast. Talking <laughs> shit about condos? Hell yeah, I've been waiting. Yes, <laughs> let's talk some shit about some condos. How do you feel about um, condos? I understand, like, you know, we so Sister Bay, like, built a hotel recently. It's been building a lot of condos. And I understand that, you know, towns need to grow and, you know, accommodate and whatnot. But does it have to be so ugly? Well, yeah. Does it have to be so, like, obvious and gaudy. ginormous and yeah. gaudy? Like, some, like, Al Johnson's is a business that I love because they expanded and they maintained their aesthetic. The boutique, it looks like Al Johnson's. Stabur, it looks like Al Johnson's. Yep. In fact, Al Johnson's even looks better now because they got rid of like the old finish that was on the wood. It pops yeah. now. Like that is beautiful. That's how you expand your town. You're yeah. a small Scandinavian village. Like if if you're gonna do it, that's how you do it. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm convinced every roof is gonna have grass on it eventually and just entire town yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but to make's point wouldn't that be better than a gaudy fucking I sure no yeah. man i think it's gaudy i think i think it is like i mean what the grass roof n- well no no um just just the development i mean like how much more do you need like that's I mean, another thing too like, like who's staying at, in all these places you can who's, look at that huge space there where the where else put in that new their uh store and stuff yeah you know next to stabor um I could just think of a million other things that would be better for that area. You know, why do we need more of the same thing? You know, here, let me, let me stir up some controversy because here's the thing. I'm not against the door hotel as an idea. What I'm against is that the village waived their height, uh, 
Oh yeah. Restrictions. Height restrictions, and also waived them having to put in more parking. So, and this is a village that took away a parking spot, so the village new mil- village administrator could have a spot in front of where I live. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, wait a fucking minute here, like, because, like, my girlfriend's like, I, I have to park up by lure now which isn't like the end of the world but it's also just like so you're not doing anything for the people who are already fucking here yeah mm-hmm. but you want you all you see is dollar signs right mm-hmm. right and then you you just wave everything and just tell everybody else to figure it the fuck out yeah i and that's horseshit to me. it is horseshit. I, I agree i still can't believe they did that with the parking lot there i mean yeah. walking through there i like i just walked through that parking lot the other day um and they have it's like permit 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 you need the permit to park here and then there's like a little sliver of it that's still public parking but how how you are know. they how is it possible to enforce that that's what i'm wondering well like, did the village okay the, it because all they do is slap up signs places and but it's not like there's a constable in sister bay you know no, it's not but like there's a they have people at the hotel there that go out and check for parking permit tags you know they, they, you get the little tag you put it in your car and then you know that well that's a but it's a fucking public parking lot that, but but it's not anymore because it's half of it is the door hotel see you know? this is the shit that gets yeah. me all fired so, up yeah it's so bullshit stupid. i bet you you know I've, I've been saying it for years if you want to make just a boatload of cash build a fucking parking lot in sister bay <laughs> like that's all you know well and like, yeah and that and they had that for like two minutes public they, parking yeah you know but it was funny i was actually when washington island was in town for the baseball game a couple weeks ago in sister bay uh i ran into three older gentlemen from the island and i could tell because they were decked out in their islander gear and they, you know they're just like what the hell has happened to this town they go there's no parking but they built this blue monstrosity where they could have built a parking lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a fair fucking point. The, one of the condos that pisses me off the most is the one that's directly across the street from the beach. Yeah. Like right behind Grassy's yes. Grill. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. one, that used to be a really nice little park. Some yeah. beautiful mm-hmm. trees. I used to sleep under those trees, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> beautiful park. And also, you know, you have all those little summer homes that are like, you know... What are we in Minneapolis? Something's going down. (laughs) Um, But now all those summer homes and you know, when those people walk outside their door, they don't see the water anymore. They see that ugly gray fucking wall. Like I'd I'd fucking hate those people. (laughs) And that's the thing. Like you know, I I grew up in a well-to-do family on my dad's side, and they like to have a summer home up north at the lake, like most Minnesotans do. But you know what? Their cottages were tiny. You know why? Because we weren't in them. We were on the water or we were in town. Like we were, right. you know, you're on vacation. You don't mm-hmm. need a, a giant fucking condo. I don't know. That, you know, that's how I grew up, you know, going to the small little summer cottage and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like those are the summer homes I like. Those little houses right by Grassy's. That's cool. I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know, you hardly even know they're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they've been there forever. Exactly. Those, those little houses and stuff. Um, so I hate that big condo and obviously yeah. being a re- former resident of the yellow house, I will yeah. always have, oh, well, yeah. me too, man. I will, oh, yeah, I will always yeah. have a hatred for it's the yacht club. Slanty shanty, man. Fuck. Yeah. That's, that's where Dude. I'm one at. of my favorite stories ever, uh, is when I was, li- when I was living in the yellow house, uh, we were walking back from like a n- little night swim mm-hmm. and this guy outside the yacht club's got a dog outside and, oh, God. Uh, like, you know, wonderful night, you know, just making Little small talk as we walk by, and he's like, 
yeah, at least there's no music tonight. And I go, yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, is that you? Go, yeah, it is. And he just tucked his tail. It's like, oh, God. yeah, I'm sorry that after I work a 12-hour fucking shift in a kitchen, I want to play my acoustic guitar on my porch. Yeah. You fucker. Oh, you were pl- like, yeah. Oh, fuck that guy. Yeah, seriously, man. Like and 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 that that fucking yacht club hates on the pavilion. Yep, they're the people who call the cops on us when we play till eleven oh one. God for fucking oh, bid. Was that who it was? It usually is. Oh, yeah. God. Like <laughs> it, that just shows how in tune they are with the community, which is zilt. No. You know, well, and it's just like the it's the village has an identity crisis. It doesn't know what it wants to be because mm-hmm. it wants to support. You know, live music and shit because that brings in a lot of money. Yeah. But right. then also, it's like, fuck, if you go a minute past our regulations, the sheriff has to show up and basically go, I don't even want to be here, but I have to show up. Yep. Like, yep. <laughs> Sister Bay, what do you want to be? Figure mm-hmm. it out. Man. And if it's something cool, let us know because we'll stick around. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no, I want to stick around. I love this fucking place. And that's why I, I think it's important to have these conversations and record Absolutely. them. Well, and allow yeah. people to go like, oh, is this the shitty talks at the bar? You're like, yes, it is. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, Ladies and gentlemen. And the important point is is that you don't turn your tail and run and, and think it's a exactly. lost cause. You got to continue to fight for the things that you believe in and uh, organize and, you know. Mm-hmm. Put put the message out there because the minute you give up, that's the minute they win. And that's exactly, why local you know? that's why local politics is arguably more important than like just voting in the presidential oh, election. Yeah, well, like it affects that. you directly. Yes, you know? absolutely. Yeah, that's it's something I I need to like really get more disciplined about paying attention to because I talk a lot of shit mm-hmm. and then I don't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but well, you know this is that's that's everyone's thing. fault. You know, everyone is guilty of doing that. You know, yeah, but uh, absolutely. Now the time has come. Yep, because now they're getting serious. You yeah, know? right. Like we've already let them put up, like how many fucking buildings? We have like, our overlords oh. where the old schoolhouse was. You know, like looking yeah, oh god, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's what crazy. the hell? It's like the ivory tower on top of the mountain. We're just, you know, we're just below them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Literally. and Peasants. then they can come out and not even have to buy a a beer at the garage to oh, listen yeah. to it. Our open mic nights or Frank Maloney and his big country unit nights. It was pretty funny. I'm pretty sure I saw a construction worker pissing off the top of that. Like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, great. It's just, I don't know. I feel like it kind of says a lot that on that hill, there used to be a, a small, modest schoolhouse. Yeah. yeah. And that was the schoolhouse. Yeah. I went for, to daycare there yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So we once had a schoolhouse on that amazing piece of land, and now we have like six condo giant buildings. It just it says I feel like oh, there's a song. There, yeah. Well, we could write it together. <laughs> yeah, Speaking of schoolhouses, did you have you been through Sevastopol? Oh, I drove did, past it the other you, day. Did you see that they're totally demoing Sevastopol? Yeah, I saw. I literally saw that yesterday, dude. That's it. I looked, mean, I looked really. I mean. It looked really cool because it's like half destroyed. Yeah. And like there was like a crane like. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, it's sad, though, because I mean, well, I mean, I understand the the building itself is old, old, you know, but it's just like it's another piece of like landmark in history. That's true. You know, instead of like working with what they have, they're just ripping it down and building something new. I mean, granted, I didn't go to Sevastopol and I don't know. I I mean, like the one time I was in the building was like for solo ensemble. Mm -hmm. 
But I mean, from the outside, it looks like a sound structure. I couldn't. I mean, like I said, I can't give you a lot of evidence. But I, I would. I would agree that, like you know, if it ain't broke, don't you know? Yeah. Don't don't broke it. Don't broke it. Yeah. yeah I mean, but um, I mean, Gibraltar's high school, close to the same period of time. I think Sevastopol might be an old, little bit of an older school originally. But like they didn't rip down Gibraltar, they just added to it and mm-hmm. remodeled they it. Probably, and I mean, and they were doing that to Sebastopol because you see the old part, and then there's that expansion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's another thing uh, that's leaving Sister Bay is uh, Sister Bay Auto. Oh, they're oh, leaving. Yeah. yeah, they're getting. Well, it's getting torn down too. Jesus. So I if, just bought a battery there. So well, if you know, if we're Preaching about small town history, you know, if any, if there's any photographers out there, I would urge you to go take some cool pictures of that garage before it's gone. Because that's Colin, the, Colin Massad, Colin Massad, Colin, Colin, <laughs> Colin, all Collins, because um, it's an old garage. It's cool. I bet you could get oh, some, yeah. you know, because that's the thing. You got to document that stuff because then people are going to be like, oh, there was a car shop there. Oh, I, I mean, there was, but I got no proof, but. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I remember when there was a gas station across from uh, Chop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was before my time. But yeah. do you know what I remember? The library at the beach. Yeah, yep. There was a small library at Sister Bay Beach right by the town hall. Yep. Yep. And cool. there, didn't there used to be a liquor store like right down by the beach called the Little Brown Jug? Um, not that I can remember. I not. In, I've heard this tale. Not in back my life when there was a, probably back in there like was the, like a woodmill um, where the yacht club is now. That's true. Well, yeah, I mean Helms. Helms was there. Oh, that was like where kids would have their like yeah. pool party birthdays. Yeah, I mean, that's what. I, yeah, well, it was always fun just to go in there with with your friends and just pretend like you had a room and just go jump in the pool and swim and like, like you know they they couldn't stop us. that when they um <laughs> so I so. I grew up being a summer kid in Door County. I'd come up here and visit my grandparents in the summer. Mm-hmm. And I moved here full time in seventh grade to go to Gibraltar. And in seven, that 2007, 2008, they were tearing Helms down. And I remember like climbing into it with some friends and like jumping across like the rooms and stuff. Like this was like a half demolished oh, building. Jesus. We were just running around like <laughs> raccoons, just mm-hmm. like, you know, it was, it was really cool. And, and uh, I guess like, I mean, I do like that we have a big park there now. You know, that's that's one building I guess I don't miss too much. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's nice that they, they saved the shore a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the waterfront there is nice. And we'll I, give Sister Bay some credit where credit is due. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, that's that's all you get. It's all you get. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it, it is all you get. <laughs> Come visit us, folks. <laughs> Although I hear they're, you know, they had a conference about... Uh, whether or not Door County was getting too overcrowded, oh, yeah. what to do about it. And I'm wondering, like, of course the answer is yes, but what do you do? You know, you, that's, that's the thing. You can't stop it. Raise the bridges and you get some snipers. Yeah, I mean, you can't tell people not to come here. Yeah, right? As long I mean, as there's accommodations, right? As long, well, yeah, if there's vacancy, but here's the thing. We have hotels, we have Airbnbs, we have campground sites. Mm-hmm. I, me, me, I, for one, I stay with my family when I come up here. So there's a lot of ways that people can find a way to get up here. Yeah, you just you, you just can't park anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can come up here all you want and yeah. drive around, but Good you're luck. not getting out of your car. <laughs> yeah. Bring a bike. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
All those second, third, and fourth homes that people have that they just rent out for Airbnbs. So and that's the so thing we the can't Air- find anywhere to live. And that's the thing. A lot of these Airbnbs, when people rent them, they got like I mean, sometimes there's big groups renting a house that's only built for like four people. Oh yeah, and that can really fuck up the sewer system. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. So yeah. things we have to think about with overpopulation with tourists and stuff in Door County is the sewer system. The aquifer, I mean, also air pollution. Oh, yeah. You know, but like there's a lot of environmental elements that go into that we have to keep in mind. I think it's actually pretty hilarious because people come up here and they breathe the air and they're like, oh, this is mm, fresh, fresh, clean air. (laughs) We actually have worse air pollution than Milwaukee. Yeah. And because all of it comes up from Chicago, Milwaukee, and it blows up here. And if you actually pay attention to uh, like the air quality warnings, like we're in the red zone a lot of a lot of the yeah. time, man. We're like the air is like not so fresh, but you know. Thanks for your farts, Chicago and yeah. Milwaukee. The <laughs> <You> sick fucks. <laughs> so, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I think uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, is it's my so, is my pessimistic attitude correct? Is the dream over? Well, I don't know. I don't. I try not to concede to things like that too much. I try not yeah, to, we but can't. I also try to be a realist. Yeah. Well. But we're the rebels, man. It's like always. Forg- forgive me for being a Star Wars guy, but like, we're the rebels. We we, we don't have a choice. We got to keep going. Always, always, always can't help rebel myself, scum. Man. We're rebel fucking scum. <laughs> People get very frustrated with me sometimes because I go, well, no, I'm a contrarian, so fuck that. <laughs> so uh, so maybe a little transition here, though. Yeah. Um, not that I don't love talking about... No, that was enough bitching. The, the doom of us all here in <laughs> County. <laughs> but, uh, like, so what? what's your plan, man? What's the next step for music and make and... And that's what I'm trying to figure out right now because COVID obviously threw a wrench in everyone's plans. I mean, one of the things I wanted to do moving to Minneapolis was, you know, start a band out there and, you know, meet other musicians and stuff. And I'm still determined to do that. Um, but, you know, it's going to it's gonna take, you know, much longer now that I've had that whole year. Like, you know, we moved in January and things shut down in March. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been able to, you know, the thing about moving to a new city, integrating yourself as seen is you got to go to shows. Yeah. You got to meet people. You got to talk to other bands, which I'm totally down to do. I'm ready to do that. As you all know, I'm a schmoozer. I love people. Mm -hmm. So you were going to open mics when you got there, right? There were. Yeah. I found an open mic right away. With the old friend 69 on the list. Yeah. Yeah, I found an I-69. You got to come out there because uh, they, they that open mic started back up. Oh, nice. Yeah, so if you ever come visit and it's, um, yeah, but anyway, so I found an open mic right away and it was like, it, it's a really good open mic that's out there. So I, and I'm going to hopefully start playing that again once I go back home. But, you know, my plan is to, you know, it's kind of funny because I kind of have a chapter of the makeouts in Door County because I, you know, I'm determined to still make music with you, Dan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, once you're feeling better, we can, you know, I potentially want to book gigs out in Minneapolis. My little dream, Frank, yeah. is that the big country unit and making the makeouts go on tour together one day and that like we open for you guys. I would be... That's that's static. That's my little dream is that we just all go on fucking tour together. We could we could trade off openers. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I just want to get on stage. But, you know, like 
I just, I don't know. I love you guys. And I, no, I mean, as much as I love doing the three hour shows that we do here in Door County, like it, I've always wanted to do just an all original, like 45 minute hour long set, you know? Yeah. 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 Yep. Just fucking lay it all out on the line. Yeah. No jamming, nothing like that. Like just yeah. fucking just a tight play our goddamn shit. Mm-hmm. Because and I used to do that um, way back in the day with a band called Roses and Saki. Didn't pay shit, but uh, it was fun. So yeah, my plan is to you know get out there in Minneapolis, meet people, you know, get to know each other, and then you know hopefully start booking gigs out there, and you know. Like, I was talking to you about potentially booking shows together, and, Hell like, yeah. you know, we could have, you know, a whole operation out there, guy, you know? Oh, man. I should uh, also set you up with my brother's number or information, because I was just showing Dan his latest EP. Dude, uh, I didn't. I, dude, I, have you heard Frank's bro, man? No, you're, you, yeah, your brother put good. a song out, like, a couple years ago that you posted, and I listened to it. I totally forgot that your brother made music, though. Yeah, yeah he is. He's He has a new EP out? It's it, probably from that that same okay thing but yeah it's called good noise by aloysius the band you can find it is on he out in minneapolis sorry he is, to cut yeah. you off on that yeah he is um, minneapolis artist on spotify on spotify um yeah and it's really fucking good man hell yeah it is yeah you guys you got it in your blood man i guess so yeah my sister sings That's too. south yeah. chicago blood but she's nervous as hell <laughs> she did <laughs> she, she did good she got the best voice of all of us and she's the most nervous that's the, that's the same thing with me my mom and my sister are both incredible singers but i'm the one doing it i'm not i can't hold a candle to those two <laughs> that's how i feel man <laughs> Dude, i mean for me like i could get up on the stage and and, and perform in front of a thousand people man yeah no on, problem. on the drums but if I, you give me a microphone and stick me up front in front of like even five or ten people mm-hmm. i mean i just i i'd break down dude i can't I can't do it. I don't know. Yeah. It, I mean, a, I can, but I just, I'm not. It's an acquired you know. taste. Like, because yeah. I, I mean, as you well know, like when I got my start playing in bands, I played drums. Mm-hmm. I did not, I did not know that. So. Um, yeah, yeah. When I was like 15, 14, I was taking drum lessons and 15, I was playing in a band with uh, the guy who won 97.9 FM, the loops, best guitarist in Chicago uh, contest. I was in his band. Cool. Um, That's awesome. And also playing with my cousin Tony, who had a who had a band that like kind of all of our cousins came up through, uh, which was a lot of fun. But he's running a place down in Green Bay now, right? White Dog Black Cat. Yeah. Yeah. Which means you won't see him with the unit as much, but it's all right. We have Josh Gregory now. Yeah. We should uh, we should go down there and play makeouts. Yeah, I yeah. Would love we to. should go storm the open mic down there. We should, but when when <laughs> when are his open mics? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it's a night that I work though. Um, Frank, when are you gonna get on the bandwagon and just quit your job like I did? I love my job, man. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I love your money. <laughs> I got a lot of shit I gotta pay for. I'm just trying to make myself feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I a, you know, this podcast costs me <laughs> way more than it makes me. <laughs> uh, that being said, this light orange juice isn't that terrible. We're having mimosas, folks, because we started this at 10 in the morning. But where did we get off that tangent? Um, playing drums. Oh, yeah. Becoming a front man. Like, mm-hmm. I, 
you have been a performer. I presume you say it runs in your family. Yeah, like I just I've has been, it never been an issue for you? You never been nervous on stage? That's no, pretty cool. I, I I just I get I get into this mindset before I go on. Like I don't know if I want to call it competitive or not, but it's kind of like I'm, just, I'm ready to fucking go. Yeah, let's do it. Like yeah. just get like you know. So that's I don't know. Like, be like being on stage Monday night, like making jokes with people, having back and forth. Like it was just, I just jumped right back into it. Felt so good. Yeah. I've just, I don't know. I I've just always been a schmoozer, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I was a maybe I was a lounge singer in my last life or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Clifton on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, <laughs> see, I could be the front man if more like uh, like Maynard is. If you ever see yeah, yeah, Sin Tool, tool. <laughs> like he's. He's set up in the back corner of the stage. Is he? You, you can't even Sometimes see Sometimes he turns around. <laughs> like, he just, he hates yeah. attention. It's yeah, weird. Yeah. yeah, I just would avoid eye contact at all costs. And I'd, like, sing with my back to the stage. It's fun. Jim Morrison, <laughs> when the doors started out, Jim Morrison would uh, not face the audience. He would turn around because, mm-hmm. you know, he, he wasn't a mm-hmm. trained music. You know, he was shy. And then at the end of the screw, he was whipping his dick out on stage. <laughs> like, no, I mean, that's totally, I found, totally found his way to get comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> that's more of my story with the front man. <laughs> I mean, like, really, like, every show for me, it's like, it'll take me a couple songs to just kind of get tuned up. And mm-hmm. then, then I'm ready to go. And, like, a trick I have is I'll look, look like I'm looking at the audience, but I'm looking over the top of everyone's head. Oh, yeah. That's a good, yeah. And then once I get comfortable, I'm starting to, like, Eyeball people. Make real, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't know. It's a it's an interesting thing that you say that because I wouldn't expect that you, Dan, wouldn't be able to comfortably get on a microphone. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I can I can do it, but if there's if there's other people on stage with me, like totally a more comfort yeah, yeah. zone. But yeah, I mean, if I have the mic and I'm like, like talking to the audience or singing to the audience, like by myself it's just the total i get the shakes i don't know and it's so weird because like i can i could play guitar mm-hmm. in front of a group huge group of people you know i could play the drums like all that but yeah. there's just something i don't it's yeah people looking at me and then me looking at people and it gets all weird yeah. and yeah, i don't know spidey me. was talking about that because spidey uh you know, tell stories at some of the I, yeah. open mics yeah yeah he's like yeah why don't you get a microphone in front of your face it's it's different yeah, and, and and it is because yeah, you look up and you see that like people are paying attention, so right. you better not fuck up. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. when you know when I play the drums too. Like I, I mean, I'll look I'll look at the crowd and stuff, but I, I more than likely am like looking away from people because I get that stupid drummer face, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, oh my god, what's wrong with this guy? What is he? What's wrong with his face? <laughs> like, Better looking away because as a drummer, all you do is look at four other guys' ass. Stinky. Yeah, seen a lot of that. <laughs> but yeah, until you know the. But in the meantime, until the makeouts become like a really fully operational live band, you know, we are still able to record together. Mm-hmm. I was up here in April and Dan and I and. Oh, yeah. And you were there, weren't you? Yeah. We cut a, yeah, we cut what? a hot track together. Oh, my God. That song is so good. Yeah. yeah. That song was in my head for days. Yeah. Um, David Can't is. Can't wait for it to come. I have David still working on the mix because I have him working on, a, on something else right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm hoping that song could come out. 
maybe in August. I, I, I would, you know, I, I don't have a date set yet, but... Um, I want it out today. I'm going to go up there and I'm going to give him a piece of my mind and be like, look, dude, what are you doing, man? Hey, shut up. He's working on a podcast. <laughs> I know. I can, I can harass him a little bit. He's my little well, boy. the mix is almost done. It's the, the song is almost like he doesn't have a lot more to do with it. And I, I, don't, I don't want him to do too much to it because I actually I, I do like how it sounds right now. I, I, I kind of want a bit more bass in it and some other small things. Mm-hmm. But um, what was I going to say? The, the reason I'm not quite sure when I can put it out is because I'm in talks with this fantastic local artist named Claire Erickson mm-hmm. yeah. about possibly doing an animation lyric video for said song. Whoa, dude. Yeah. Yes. So, That's cool. Not to put the heat on her if Claire's listening, but... Uh, oh. By the way, Claire, <laughs> uh, open invitation to come on the podcast, for sure. She would be yeah, a great yeah. guest. Yeah. yeah. That'd be awesome. We're trying to get more female voices around here anyway. Yeah, hopefully Celeste comes home soon. That'd be a fun oh, episode. Yeah. I'm, I've been keeping an eye out. <laughs> <laughs> because she has an EP coming out. Yeah, yes, yeah. she does. Yep, yep. Look at me, and a musician interviewing other musicians who actually have records and shit. <laughs> Dude, we actually, you know, the Big Country Unit has actually quite the library of music now. We just have to organize it. And like you said, we're going to probably put out a live record before we do yeah. a studio record Absolutely, at this point. Man. Put them out at the same time. Even though we're juggling yeah. guitarists at the time. Yeah. Well, you and know, keyboard player. That, that, that'll just be what the album is, man. And yeah. that's, you know, it's a big unit, man. It's ever expanding and contracting. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's one way to put it. That's, that's, that's what the old unit does, man. No, but it'll be good, man. And, and we're making relationships with a lot of musicians. So when we do get into the studio, we're going to have our choice of a lot of different styles and tracks do you have an idea of uh like which songs would be on this first i know exactly what this and i know what the second record is awesome (laughs) awesome (laughs) i got a whole whole shitload of songs ready to go um probably why i haven't been writing very much lately but yeah i kind of yeah for me it kind of yeah, it goes back and forth. I won't write for like maybe a month or two, but then mm-hmm. um, when we wrapped up Corsair, now that I had a bit more time and less like exhausting my brain, like ah, <laughs> you know, um, I just I started writing again recently. So a couple new songs. I played one of them in open mic. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's that's another reason why I'm happy we took a hiatus because I was really putting a lot of myself into Corsair, especially because it's the first season. There's just so much shit to yeah, figure out. You're getting texts from me like, what's yeah. going on, man? Station <laughs> manager, man. I don't envy you. That's, that's yeah, a lot to juggle. It's, yeah, and I'm not like, you know, I'm not an engineer. And I don't have to do a lot of engineering, thank God. But like, you know, it, it is out of my element. But uh, one of the things I want to do during this break is find ways to make it easier for me. And, you know, stuff like And I also, I really want... Like Solomon was talking about a general decibel level, because mm. we all make our shows at home and we're all in different locations and mm-hmm. different yep. rooms. And something that I that I really want to make sure season two has is that when you turn on Corsair, whether you're listening songs. to the Pony Show or you like jazz or the Whiskey Report, you don't have to adjust your volume unless it's you know you know maybe mm-hmm. yeah yeah yep, yep. well you know that's that's kind of the growing pains exactly of, of starting a radio station you know I mean. 
Especially with flimsy uh, software. Yeah, all, the, all these little <laughs> mm-hmm. things that you never think about, you know, when you're just flipping on the TV or the radio, you know. How like, much work goes into Oh, it, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty intense, man. I know people who work in, like, television, you know, doing commercials and stuff, and it's, like, fucking stress, man. And it's a lot of work. It's not, it's not that easy. Yeah, yeah that's I, the problem. You know, recording, in my opinion, should just be easy. <laughs> it should well, just sound right right away. You yeah, know? should do something about that. Yeah. How do we how do we fix this problem? But yeah, one of my solutions actually is trying to I was gonna um but you know, to make my load lighter as station manager and I know how much you're into Corsair, so I wanna bring you more into the fold and yeah. you know. Yeah, especially, you know, in, in the off season, I guess. Yeah, and that's the thing, we're gonna be in off season radio yeah. station because even though you know Celeste is in Colorado I'm in Minneapolis and I am able to get people near me to listen I think the general like niche that Corsair has is being this alternative thing to alternative entertainment for the off seasons particularly mm-hmm. in Door County yeah that's something I, I think I might have to get on board with yeah, we got. We definitely have room for you, man. I would love a dance smear show. We <laughs> yeah, actually, I mean, we is. actually have to fill two slots for yeah. season two. I have to find someone to replace Solly's day partner and Miles Kristen's day partner. So I got to find uh, two more shows or two more DJs. That's another yeah, thing I got to yeah. do. Why? Because happy hour with Hey Man was so short lived. <laughs> I know. I, I'm so, hey man, come back to us. Where'd you go, man? I loved his episodes. I and I get that you know things got busy again. One of the reasons we took a hiatus. But you yeah. know, I've told John that hey, if you get bored in the winter, and you know Frank is able to help you make shows, make me a couple shows. I I mean I I am not in the position to say no, thank you yeah. <laughs> when it comes yeah, to yeah, content. Yeah, yeah. If you're willing to make me a two hour show, I'm probably gonna air it. Well, if anybody <laughs> listening is looking to make a two hour show every week uh, in the off season <laughs> for. Uh, for no pay. For no pay. <laughs> no pay. But honestly, this man, like I still out. like I, I what I listen to when I'm driving around are my old playlists. Like building those was a lot of fun. And, yeah. And like I made sure that there was something that I was going to enjoy mm-hmm. and that I thought yeah. somebody and else I'm enjoying would. it, too. Um, and like, you know, I would reorder them, you know, th- periodically. And I'd, I'd have five done in advance just to mm-hmm. so I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to them and, and try to to make it really good. So, Corsair Radio, it's uh, uh, discourse.coffee mm-hmm. backslash Corsair, starting back in October. Uh, we should try to do this again right before then, just to kind of promote Corsair. Oh, yeah. Do what again? A, the, a podcast. Yeah. You want to do another episode with me? You're a madman. I am a madman. <laughs> yeah, I mean... We're trying to put one out every week, man. (laughs) And especially if it reminds people to listen to me on another platform. Exactly. And we can, um, and we can talk about this off air, but once we come back, we can also throw this podcast on. I, yeah, I really, I'm really hoping that you do because we have room for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're 24 seven on Corsair and for the first season though, you know, for people tuning in, the way we do Corsair is every day, you know, let's say Tuesday when Frank shows uh, air, the po- the Pony Show with Frank Maloney, you get Frank at 7 a.m. followed by Celeste at 9 a.m. And then you have about an hour of default music playlist that we call like Midday Mayhem. And then starting at 1 p.m. you get Frank's show again if you missed it in the morning, followed by Listed with Celeste. 
which would start at free, uh, 3 p.m. And then you get another hour of a default playlist that's just, you know, good vibes, music to hang out with. And then you get the evening block, where if you missed the morning and the afternoon for whatever reason, you can tune in again and catch the Pony Show and Listed with Celeste. So, we, you know, we cater to the people on that morning hustle, you know, maybe driving to work or, or if they're just staying home in early risers. You get that afternoon block, 1 to 5. Yeah. And if that's when you were working and you're too busy, well, if you get home and you really want to, we got 7 to 11 again. Mm-hmm. That's know. why I start my show with good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Yeah, hell if yeah. I know. <laughs> I don't know when you're listening to this shit. Right, right. <laughs> it and could be on the weekend. <laughs> exactly, because on top of that, if somehow, dear listener, you managed to miss a certain show all three times in that day, do not fret, because on the weekends, we run the whole week starting Friday with me and Ryan shows. Um, and then Saturday and Sunday, you get uh, two chances to listen to the whole week slot from Frank to uh, Miles with the Whiskey Report. So we give our listeners a lot of opportunities to listen to these shows the week they air. And this summer, uh, hopefully starting like a week or two, we're going to have kind of a best of season one of Corsair on the Discourse website. Ooh, so, oh yeah, I so that. Yeah. No, you told, no, you did. Oh yeah, episode four. And seven. And seven. Yeah. Oh yeah, seven was good. So, dear listener, you will have a chance to sample the best of what we made this first season on the Discourse website. And if you follow me at, uh, well, if you follow my main Instagram at Makes Keen, I'll be posting about it. But you should really follow the makeouts on Instagram because trying to differentiate and, like, you know, move music stuff mm-hmm. to that page. Yeah, Maybe yeah. tell the people how to spell Makes Keen. Oh, yeah. So, M A K E, like the word, and then S, because my middle name is Stone. And then Keen, K-E-E-N-E. But when you say it, it's makes Keen. Like, makes Keen. I'm Keen. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that would be a fine spot to wrap it up. Do you have anything else you want to plug or promote? Or You don't want to ask me how I got my name? I do want to ask you yeah, that. I'd want to know. Yeah. Well, now I do. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. It's just every time I talk to someone. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> we, just, we just took all the wind out of your sails. <laughs> so you were going to plug this awesome... Awesome turnaround joke story thing, and Frank just totally killed it. <laughs> so here's the- <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> so uh, how'd you get your name? My mom gave it to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>